0: Henry, remind me again why we can't put you in a gifted school?
1: Because it's better for my psychosocial development for me to interact with a peer group at a normal school than.
0: Oh yeah. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Retrospectives. Uh, well, this is the a mini series called the Failed Awards Contenders. We're playing fast and loose with the rules here. We talk about it in our Imitation Game episode, our pilot episode for this miniseries. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me is my co-host, Matt Garingo. That is me. Um, Matt, uh, the, the qualifications for this movie in particular, I think are, are, are interesting because they're qualifications for many of the miniseries of retrospectives that we've done. Uh, there's a little bit of Star Wars history in this one. There's a little bit of failed blockbuster if you if you want to like really stretch it, uh, given the pedigree of let's 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 call it talent for now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here to talk about the book of Boba Fett. That's my one joke. We're here to talk about the book of Henry directed by Colin Trevorrow. Right.
1: There you go. I have not watched the uh, the book of Boba Fett yet.
0: I, I have also uh, not. Um, I, I kind of
1: I... don't want to watch a fucking. Uh... A show that's not finished. <laughs> like, I want to wait for all the episodes to be out.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think we talked about we might do something with it. Uh, we'll watch it eventually. Um, interesting I, stuff to talk about there, at least.
1: Hey, um, I decided to look up uh, if there was any four-year consideration campaign for the Book of Henry. Uh-huh. And I was convinced at least at some point there was, because there is. Like they put such an emphasis on the original song in this movie. Mm-hmm. Now, that feels like you only have an original song if you're hoping to get awards play. Um, and I did a Google image search, and the, like, tenth results when you run out of Book of Henry stuff, which is fairly quickly, is a cover of The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand.
0: Ah. <laughs> interesting. Um, that is interesting. Also,
1: also uh... The future of aid, global public investment. What is that? I don't know. Oh, okay. It looks like um, that era where we thought that capitalism was actually going to get us out of this mess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. It's like, hey, we could save the planet and make money at the same time.
0: <laughs> Turns out that's not true. Turns out no. no.
1: Wait, no, hey, actually the weird thing is, we all could make money, but not the people way up there. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and then that's, ugh, it's a whole other thing. Uh, the, the Book of Henry has some interesting politics behind it.
1: Um, yeah, I don't actually know enough about that. I was gonna do research, and then decided not to. Well, no,
0: it's just, like, one of Jordan Peterson's, like, favorite movies of the last yeah, decade. but not
1: what, isn't the writer, like, a Jordan Peterson acolyte, too? Yeah, yeah. Like. Uh, which I don't even know what the fuck that means. Um, like, yeah, no,
0: I, I I just know there's some crossover there, but like besides that, um, I I don't know anything about the writer. The the writer of the script is Greg Hurwitz, who's written,
1: uh, some some comics for like DC and Marvel. You know, I really should have read those comics because comic books can be some of the most revealing mediums, like in terms of someone just laying out their politics. Yeah,
0: like. yeah. Um, he's written some new event, uh, one issue of new avengers, uh, a couple punisher issues, um like 10 issues of moon knight, a wolverine mm-hmm. annual x-men. Um he also wrote for the television show V, the 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 remake back in like the oh, early yeah.
1: 2010s. That show was so fucking bad. Really? that was a terrible show I didn't
0: I didn't see it
1: that was one of those ones where I was kind of excited for it because V the original V miniseries isn't like great but it's got like a great setup you know mm-hmm. so it, it kind of felt like oh they could do something with this and it's one of those shows where like you put it on and like halfway through the first episode, you're like, this is a disaster. Oh,
0: okay. I remember, you know, like, it was uh, it was really hyped around, because Lost was winding down in the final yeah. seasons, and so Lost was, I think, one of the lead-ins for V. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was, like... And then Elizabeth Mitchell, who played uh, a character on Lost, also, like, when she left Lost, she went to V. And so I guess there was, like, you know, like, hype. oh, uh, this actress is now in this show. Come check it out. Mm-hmm. You know, every, like there's a really interesting like era of primetime television where they're trying to do like the next lost and then they're kind of like discovering prestige television that cable's doing but they just can't quite get there and now it looks like they've given up on trying that on primetime yeah. which is like maybe for the best you know if you can't like you don't have the freedom for like hbo you know don't mm-hmm. don't don't stretch yourself you know it's
1: kind of nuts that like lost was on one of the like major networks like that just wouldn't happen now
0: yeah and it makes me happy to see a lot of people like discovering it for the first time Mm because it's my favorite show um yeah which is great i'll have to do a lost retrospective at some point with or without matt i don't know (laughs) i have
1: started i have started lost like four times now okay and i just like i always make it like five episodes in and then I just like other shit distracts me and I can't really bring myself back to it
0: oh and here I could bring a segue back to this too because (laughs) Michael Giacchino did the score for Book of Henry and Lost Mm -hmm. and his work on Lost is like fucking unbelievably good he's Mm -hmm. a great composer I mean I think everyone knows he's a great composer he's like maybe stretched himself a little thin once in a while and you can kind of tell when he does you know, like there's some years where he does like five movie scores, and it's like, dude, you can't. You're fucking human. You can't do that and like have mm-hmm. them all like work properly. Um, I can't tell you a single motif in the Book of Henry. <laughs> uh, a, a single yeah, musical it, cue. Yeah,
1: it sounded like he was phoning it in. Yeah, um, uh, this was 2017.
0: Was... Sorry, just really quick, because this was 2017. He also did like Spider-Man this same summer. Um. Mm-hmm some uh so i'm sure some disney movie at some point like he he was just fucking all over the place like in this stretch in the 2010s mm-hmm. oh war for the planet of the apes and coco and he had just finished up uh, rogue one in 2016 mm-hmm. which he came on for like a month after replacing Alexander desplat who i complained about last time not getting his shot at <laughs> star wars that just really frustrates me. Sorry, I just wanted to go off. No, no, off on no.
1: That. It, it it totally makes sense. He's doing the Batman apparently.
0: Yeah. Um uh, the, you can hear some of his musical stuff in the the trailers for that. I haven't like listened to the music they isolated. Dropped,
1: they dropped some of the music recently. Yeah, like,
0: they're they're really going all in on like they this is like the next big
1: movie. They feel very confident about it. Yeah. It's also like a 3-hour movie. Yeah. Um which is kind of insane.
0: Yeah. Are, are we gonna uh, do
1: uh, do do that one?
0: Because we we did Batman uh, retrospective.
1: Yeah, we we probably will at some point. But like, it's so weird. Like, we're it's February and it still doesn't really feel safe to go to the theaters. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, for for people listening, because uh, it's mostly people that know us on Twitter. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm recovering from uh, having COVID, and like, I, I'm not really rushing to go back to the theaters yet. Even though now having like being in recovery of it, I feel safer than ever. That doesn't mean I'm gonna walk around maskless or anything like that. Yeah. But um, you know, precautions are still good. Take take care of yourself. Get get them vaccines.
1: Yeah. I'm shocked. I somehow haven't gotten it. Like, it feels crazy. Yeah. I mean,
0: it it was
1: also yeah. fucking crazy. The budget, according to Wikipedia, the budget for the new Batman movie is just a hundred million dollars.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is kind of nuts for a tentpole blockbuster. There for. The most established DC superhero.
0: There is so much we could talk about the production battle between Matt Reeves and the studio before they even started pre-production. Yeah, it was so weird. It, it was, was so like, public
1: too. Like, there's there's yeah. so much.
0: That's enough for the Batman episode in the future. We'll we'll talk about that. I want I want to move past that because there's I'm, a I'm lot just, there.
1: <laughs> I do want to move past it too, but I'm also like my big concern, and maybe it'll work, um, is that it's a three-hour Batman movie. And there are two villains in it, (laughs) Um, which feels like... Sometimes Batman movies can feel a little overpacked. This movie feels like there's not as much in it, (laughs) so... It's weird when you look at, like, the list, like... You're expecting, like, a three-hour Batman movie to be like, oh, shit, the whole rogues gallery's showing up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, nah, it's the Riddler and Oswald Cobblepot and Catwoman, but she's also kind of, like, an anti-hero, so... Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, okay... (laughs)
0: It's like, no, 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 this is the one we kind of want, like, a dozen villains in.
1: <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> I would love to see what they really should do with Batman at this point. <laughs> Sorry, because I really don't want to talk about the book of Henry. No, I mean, but...
0: Henry is kind of a Batman villain.
1: A little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, But what they should do is, they should do one of those movies where they just bring in, like, all, like the top, like, seven Batman villains, right? Mm-hmm and like they're but they're all kind of pawns of some villain that they just make up for the movie. They should come up with original villains for Batman. That would be great. Like, like they did yeah. that for
0: the animated series. It's a Harley Quinn got her start and it's like Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: that's cool. And it's like so then you get to have your cake and eat it too because then you can advertise. You can be like, "Oh shit, we get some Joker merchandise, a Riddler merchandise, a Penguin merchandise, a Clayface merchandise, I guess." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know everyone loves Clayface. And um <laughs> and then but then it's like, oh, and then we got this new guy. And if he hits, then we've just created a new revenue stream. <laughs> and if he doesn't, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, we still make money. I mean, they kind
0: of tried to do something like that with Batman Arkham Origins. Remember when it was like, oh, Black Mask is a villain this time. And oh, he's hired yeah. all these assassins and all the different Batman Black villains. Mask.
1: Is still an established villain.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, he is. But it was like, oh, Black Mask is going to get his time in the spotlight, and then it was like, Mm -hmm. it's it's just another Joker story.
1: They keep trying to make Black Mask happen, and it just doesn't really work.
0: That's why Birds of Prey is the best.
1: Yeah, because he just blows up.
0: Yeah, that was so fucking awesome. I cheered. (laughs) You're Um, a
1: fucking moron. (laughs) His delivery of that just kills me every time.
0: Ewan McGregor Um, is so fucking talented. You know who else is so fucking
1: talented? no one involved with this movie
0: actually no the The cast of the book of Henry is like
1: yeah it's actually like a stacked cast
0: yeah it's Naomi like. Watts Jaden Le- Lieber here. you know him from the yeah, movies although we gotta talk
1: about Naomi Watts like
0: oh, it's just so fu- we talk about her in, in, in Peter Jackson's King Kong let's just do it again yeah. right now what a fucking like, tragedy of a career cause she's so yeah. fucking good
1: mm-hmm. and it's like she she's not getting that moment like it's so weird she's like already in her 50s and it feels like, at this point, like, her best collaborator's been David Lynch. Yeah. Which is, is great, like, th- those are great movies, but it feels like David Lynch should be, like, your springboard, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and it, I, you get the sense that all, all the movies, when you look at the movies she's in that are, like, disasters, you get the sense that people are, like, they see that Naomi Watts should be bigger, too, and they're like, I'm gonna be the one to finally do it. <laughs> and then they fucking don't, like... yeah. It's a, uh, it's a real shame. Oh, she was in Vice. I'm looking at her Wikipedia right now. She's like a, she's like uh like a Fox News talking head in Vice, if I remember correctly. Okay, Adam
0: McKay, fucking have her star in one of your political movies now, you hack.
1: Was she in? I feel like she might have been in Don't Look Up, and I just didn't know.
0: I, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet.
1: <laughs> um, let me check real quick. It, it doesn't look like it. Jesus. But,
0: yeah, I'm um, looking at her like her last like. 20 credits and it's just it's bad
1: it's bad it's It's, real bad and then it's like they announce they go like okay she is going to be on the next Game of Thrones TV show and that just feels like okay that makes sense right Mm -hmm. finally she's got her franchise thing she can use that to kind of get more interesting projects and it's like nope we're not even going to make that and it's just like Jesus Christ yeah it's such a it's it's so it's a disaster in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure she'll get good stuff again, but it's just like Jesus fucking Christ.
1: Yeah, and it's it's weird where it's like Book of Henry for her isn't like that long ago. If you look at the list of movies she's been in, and It I feels know. like a century ago too.
0: Let, let me let me list down some some more cast members. Jacob Tremblay, who's just like the child star right now. Uh, Is
1: he still though? Like this? I like I would say
0: he's... now no. Um, may, oh. maybe when this movie was coming out. Like, this is a year before The Predator, which is a significantly better movie than this, and... Oh, okay, yeah, like, he was in that. Yeah. I thought, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the people that okay, discover in, it are like, hey, it's not that bad, and then they get to the ending, and they're like, oh.
1: Okay, he was in, uh... Yeah, he was in Good Boys, which I saw. <laughs> I remember you, like, being like,
0: yeah, it was pretty good.
1: <laughs> it's honestly fine. It's kind of like just one of those movies where it's like, I can't believe a studio put this movie out. Okay. But... Uh, he was in Doctor Sleep, he's that poor kid that gets, like, violently murdered. Yeah!
0: Fuck! Um, <laughs> that's... That's a rough scene.
1: And, uh, oh, he's, uh, he's in Luca, um, which I still haven't seen. Oh, that's cute! I liked it! Uh, he's gonna be in the Toxic Avenger, apparently. Whoa! Uh, which, sure, it doesn't say who, it just says he's gonna be in it. Okay. Um, and he's gonna be Flounder in the Little Mermaid movie that they're still making for some reason. Oh. <laughs> Oh, and he's, uh, he's Damian Wayne on the Harley Quinn cartoon.
0: Oh, he's good for him. Good That's for him. a fun that show.
1: show. That show better not have been canceled. That's a pretty fun show. Yeah,
0: no, no, no. They're, uh, they're doing season three right now. All right,
1: yeah. I feel bad that we're talking about like comic book shit like, right before we're about the shit on a movie that's like, it's an original idea, and it clearly is an original idea, mm-hmm. and clearly didn't have studio interference, and like definitely came from a very personal place. <laughs> but the problem
0: is that personal place might be a little odd. Yeah. Um, let me let me let me list down the rush really quick: Sarah Silverman, Lee Pace, Maddie Ziegler, Tanya Pinkins, and Dean Norris, as well is, as uh, my buddy Bobby Moynihan.
1: Oh yeah, Bobby Moynihan. Honestly, one one thing that's weird about Book of Henry is that it kind of showcases. A bunch of people that should have bigger careers when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. And like, so sir-
0: I got to give Colin Trevorrow credit. He clearly saw that too.
1: I think he knows how to cast. Like his his cast is never really the problem. Yeah. Even with like the Chris Pratt of it all with like Jurassic World. That character is just so bad. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like I, and, people were
0: like, oh, I don't buy him like uh, anymore after Star-Lord. And I'm like, no, no, no. that That's like the role for him outside of Parks and Rec. No one else did anything interesting with him after yeah. that, but that's not the problem.
1: <laughs> and Bryce Dallas Howard is kind of also like an actress that, like, I feel like she's never really been given her due, you know? hmm Like, that might be, like, shit like The Village and Lady in the Water, unfortunately. Which is, like, not her fault if you're gonna be mad at those movies, <laughs> you know? Also, don't be mad at The Village, because it's great. No, don't be mad at Lady in the Water, because it's great. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, I'm I'm fucking going there again. <sighs> Lady in the Water, is that a failed blockbuster, or is that a failed awards film? Maybe both. It's like this might... is both. I, and mm-hmm. I called Book of Henry,
0: like, maybe failed blockbuster, because Colin Trevorrow was coming off of Jurassic World, which, you know, is a monster hit because it's Jurassic Park sequel. Like, yeah. a, it's a legacy sequel to but, but the even best that... movie ever made. And, wait, I gotta say, this was him teeing up to do the next Star Wars.
1: Yeah. I read... it. I read... uh, I was was trying... Because I needed some fucking answers... After (laughs) watching this again... I was reading uh, a review of this... And it kind of... It had a really interesting ending to the review... And it was kind of like... This movie is so bad... It's almost like outsider art... Except that Colin Trevorrow directed Jurassic World... And is slated to direct Star Wars... Which makes it all a little less fun... Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) And I kind of agree with those sentiments... Um, But... Yeah, it's and also the trailer like was big on YouTube I remember. Like there was kind of a weird buzz about it where people thought this might be like the next like sleeper hit, you know? Yeah. It's only a 10 million dollar budget, so it it like didn't really have to make a lot of money, but it could have been a movie that made like 50 million, you know? Mhm. And I think that's what people were kind of expecting, and then it didn't even make 10 million dollars and just kind of flamed out like massively. <laughs> Uh, such a now have you fa- have you finally read the Colin
0: Trevorrow Star Wars script
1: I have it's bad um but I think people here's the thing the, the biggest crime of this fucking movie <laughs> is that allegedly this is why he kind of lost the next Star Wars movie right like I don't know all the details there
0: yeah I mean we kind of have talked talk about it Oh, uh, but but go ahead.
1: Uh, and the biggest crime is that now he will because it's if you go to Wikipedia, type in Book of Henry, <laughs> scroll down, go to the part that says Colin Trevorrow, open it. He he has an entire Wikipedia article dedicated to Star Wars Duel of the Fates that is just bringing it down, and he will forever have the cred of what could have been because of Rise of Skywalker existing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And my my take on Duel of the Fates is that Duel of the Fates would have been just as boring as Rise of Skywalker. It would have been as unremarkable. It would have been as flat. It would have basically been like not watching a movie. <laughs> but I think people respond to that script better because it at least it doesn't like retcon con- constantly. You know? Yeah. Which is kind of the frustrating thing of Rise of Skywalker. And my whole take on Rise of Skywalker is I don't really care about those retcons. It's just that they add no dramatic tension to the movie. <laughs> Like, the moment you find out Ray is related to Palpatine, the tension of the movie just dies. And uh, if you're going to do a reveal like that, you should follow through with it in some way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, my favorite Star Wars is Return of the Jedi, and that movie, like, openly, like, retcons the... No, there yeah. is another with... No, it's actually Leia, because we need to wrap up these movies, because George mm-hmm. Lucas wants to do other things, even though he never actually will. Uh, sorry, George, I love you. But, like, <laughs> that's the truth, right? And, like, but the movie plays... That threw all way. and so it sucks to talk about Star Wars again. We're talking about fucking Book of Henry. I know, uh, but, uh, but, but, but it's directly related because I think Duel of the Fates, like that, like the concepts in that script, I think maybe not right on the money, obviously, but like there's there's ideas there that you could pull from because Colin Trevor was going to direct it, it still would have sucked ass. He he is I... he is a terrible director. There, I mean, like Book of Henry's like so bad. It's funny movie. Like I I tweeted out the night before, like I was revisiting scenes again, and it's Mm -hmm. it's really like that bad. Like you should watch this to to figure out how not to like accomplish like drawing emotions from certain scenes. You just kind of have like the question marks above your head the whole time. Like what what drove someone to make this, you know? But like Colin Trevorrow is just not a good visual director. Yeah. Like, there, there's no instance of this movie where it's like, I feel what this person wants me to feel. I feel the opposite of what he wanted me to feel <laughs> in every instance of this movie. But, it, like, by the time I'm done with it, it's not like Cats From like, man, that was a fucking ride of, of just, like, mm-hmm. a disaster. I'm always just kind of like... I don't feel good about myself
1: yeah. after. No, I don't... I think part of it is that, like... It's such a naked disaster. Yeah, which is why,
0: like, this is the last bit of Star Wars thing. So even if Duel of the Fates had come out and he had done... Like, we see that alternate universe. The alternate universe, Diego, still is probably like, yeah, it didn't retcon The Last Jedi, but I don't feel good about anything I
1: saw. (laughs) Yeah. And somehow they would have snuck in the weird undercurrent of, like, does this guy hate women? That seems to be pervasive in Colin Trevorrow's movies. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go there too much, but, like... It's weird. It's weird that, like, all three of his movies at this point have that weird undercurrent. And it's – I want to just say it's probably a guy who just doesn't know how to write women, but, like, weird, you know?
0: Yeah, to to Uh. throw a softball at that, I think um, – I'm willing to bet uh, – because this stuff tends to try to be, like, more subversive as well. Mm. At, at times, oh, I will
1: talk about the subversive shit. Like, yeah, that's a and whole So I'm telling the bet It's like,
0: oh, you think the women are incompetent, but actually, they're gonna save the day eventually, right? Mm. Which is why, like, his writing of Ray is really strange in that script. Mm. Um, and, and I, I think the same thing happens with Book of Henry because because Naomi Watts' mother character is such like just an incompetent like goofball, but she's trying to be like. Like, this movie has a really quirky indie film syndrome,
1: unfortunately, yeah. you know? But she's, she's like, she's, like, a quirky, like, oh, she's a mom who plays video games, you know? And is, like, kind of an But all the kids are fine. Like, she makes lunch for... She makes breakfast and lunch for the kids. Yeah. Like, they're well-fed, they're taken care of, she does bath time with them. Like... Fucking... I... It's... It's... It's so weird, and then it's like, but then she's kind of framed as irresponsible, and it's like, yeah, playing video games too much is a pay- when you're supposed to be taking care of your children would be a problem, but the movie never shows, like, the consequences of it. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that is that we have Sarah Silverman in this movie, who's got, like, her own shit going on, and then she just disappears. She, like, at a certain point, she's just out of the movie. And you're like, what even was that character here for? Like... It, it's strange, but I what I when I, to go back to what I was saying where I said this was like a naked disaster, uh, part of it is that there are so many shots in this movie where you can tell what Colin Trevorrow wants you to be feeling when it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you can tell exactly what he's going for, and no matter who you are on the planet, you can tell what it's going for, and you can also see that it is not succeeding. Yeah like especially like the big I was thinking of uh the big talent show is like the big moment where you can really see that where like the girls are tap dancing and that's supposed to kind of and they're doing like you know cross-cutting with her fucking preparing for the murder and shit and you're supposed to be like oh it's tense like the tap dancing (laughs) is and it's like no it's it's not working at all and maybe it could have worked in better hands but it just does not work here uh um another
0: instance of that uh when when Henry is is walking his little brother through the campus right and who's like constantly bullied so he uh Henry has to kind of like watch over him when Henry is sees the the Maddie Ziegler character the the, the girl that ends up being kind of like the driving force of the the book of Henry conflict <laughs> um uh the uh, Jacob Tremblay is like abandoned, and then like within five seconds, like the entire schoolyard just like descends upon him.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and it's
0: like it's so funny that that happens, <laughs> but it's also like, like oh, you you abandoned me? How could you do that? And then it's like, like and the Henry. way it's shot is so awkward. And then eventually, like they, there's a quick insert of like this metal that's yeah, crushed metal on that the floor. Broke. Yeah. And it's like, why, like, he couldn't get that in any other shots. He has to keep doing, like, these inserts to make sure he has, like, the coverage of what he needs for the story. Because he can't tell the story properly. Mm -hmm.
1: It's like the conch shell breaking in Lord of the Flies.
0: Yeah, oh, oh boy. (laughs) No, no, this movie isn't Lord of the Flies. Remember, Colin Trevorrow said, there's a hat trick to reveal that the Book of Henry has the same structure as Star Wars A New Hope.
1: You know what? I'm glad I forgot about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I could so tell you mo- were like trying to softball it, but it's like you hear that and it's just like what the fuck does that mean? Oh, <laughs> Although I yeah. guess Henry's kind of like the Obi-Wan. Am I just like breaking your brain right now?
1: No, because it doesn't work at all. No. Like, it, what what he is saying is ridiculous. i um, like, unless he is abstracting it to like the Joseph Campbell like hero myth, like then sure. Oh yeah,
0: I'm, I'm sure but. that's what he's trying to do. You know.
1: But then, like, why not just say that? No. <laughs> why say Star
0: Wars? He probably sounds smarter. He thinks he sounds smarter. Excuse me.
1: No, but it's the opposite. <laughs>
0: no, no, but, I, I know it is the opposite, but he feels that it, it's smarter.
1: That is it. That is a genuinely insane thing to say, because, <laughs> I mean, like, the ghost of Henry, like, the ghost of, like, oh, is sh- her shooting him, like, supposed to be, like, I guess what he's trying to say is, like, when she decides not to shoot him, it's like Luke deciding not to use his targeting computer, but, like, go fuck yourself, man, like... <laughs>
0: Um, I want to want to shout out the cinematographer Jason Schwartzman. Not because he he does a particularly good job here. You mean I don't John know...
1: Schwartzman. What was that? You, you mean John Schwartzman?
0: Oh, John Schwartzman. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> um, he doesn't do like a, a great job here, uh, but he's he's also worked on stuff like The Rock. Uh, And Michael Bay cinematographers, like, they mostly just take on his traits, and that's why his stuff Mm. always looks good, even if you can't tell what's going on. Um, But he also worked on The Amazing Spider-Man, which, say what we want about that movie, and I definitely will for a long time, because it's still bad. Uh, That movie, like, looks really good, you know? Like, this guy's done a good job on other movies Sure, I'm not sure
1: you can say that about most of John Schwartzman's other films, though.
0: I mean, sure, there's, like, Dracula Untold. Remember that one?
1: Yeah, w- looking at his movies, it he's very much a guy where I'm like, well, it was in focus. <laughs> like.
0: I like Seabiscuit.
1: Yeah, but this, you don't go to Seabiscuit and go like, wow, that looked amazing. It's like, he's like got Saving Mr. Banks, the founder. <laughs> like, the Fifty Shades sequels. Oh, shit, okay, yeah. I forgot. The Highwaymen, a movie I saw. And, like. You watch those movies and you're like, yeah, it's fine. You know, <laughs> like oh, okay. it's not you don't come out of it going like wow, the visual styling. I mean, did a simple the Paul Feig thriller uh a a simple favor. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, I like that one. And like that's a movie where it's like it's like the look of it is almost like in direct conflict with what was what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> like so I'm not, not trying to, like, dunk on the guy, like, he clearly can do his job, but he seems to be about as good as the director he's teamed with.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Um, which, you know, not again, like, not trying to be a dick. No, but, no, but
0: uh, I, I, I'm bringing this up because I think Colin Trevorrow just, like, can't
1: now, get the, a movie
0: hey, to work, you know?
1: Hey, but guess what? He did Jurassic World, he's doing Jurassic World 3, but he did not do Fallen Kingdom.
0: No, Fallen Kingdom, I know you don't like that movie, and I know a lot of people don't.
1: Hey, hey, it's a bad movie, It looks a lot better than Jurassic World. Yes,
0: significantly.
1: I will will say that. There's actually mood. There's actually shadows. (laughs) There's like it doesn't feel like they just set a camera down and started filming.
0: I was flabbergasted when I discovered Jurassic World was shot on film. When I heard that Jesus Christ When I heard that back in the day, I was that that was one of the first realizations where like, oh, it doesn't matter how you shoot a movie. Like, it, it really doesn't. It matters, like, yeah. how you use the tools you have. Because, mm-hmm. holy fuck, that movie yeah. does not... It looks nowhere near as good as the was original this Jurassic World. shot on World. film? Jurassic Park, excuse me. Was... Um, oh, you know what? I, I don't know. Let's, let's find out. I
1: mean, saying cinematographer, like, that can mean it was shot on film.
0: Well, the new Jurassic World isn't isn't shot on film, I don't think.
1: Yeah, because Hollywood for like two years was like, we're back to film, and now they're like, no, we're not.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, it was shot on 35mm
1: film. Yep. Oh, the waste. <laughs> what a waste. What a waste. My God. <laughs> uh, I, I I hated this. <laughs> like, Sorry. I, I uh. I saw this, like, shortly after it came out. I had not seen it in theaters. I saw it whenever it hit streaming initially. And I had already heard the buzz. I knew basically what happened. And I kind of just watched it to, like, laugh at it. And I did. And then this time around, it, like, really got to me. Like, it, like, upset me. It it
0: is. Like, we were kind of looking forward to talking about this one, but it's just kind of like a discomforting film.
1: Yeah. Because it's it's one of those films, like I said, um, what's that movie? It came out a few years ago.
0: I don't think on that. I have to make a correction. Jurassic World Dominion is actually shot on film, thirty-five millimeter oh, and sixty-five millimeter.
1: You fucker, you fucker. They're, they're shooting <laughs> in
0: IMAX cameras too for some of it.
1: You fucker. Um. All right, the movie. Remember, I think I brought it up before. Nocturnal animals. Yes. Uh, did you ever see that?
0: Uh, a movie people seem to like, and I uh, do not.
1: I don't know if I like it, but I am kind of fascinated with it. Mm. But it's one of those movies where it lives in this weird world where I can't tell if the movie hates women <laughs> or if it's about a guy who hates women. You know, like it has like it, it. Like I can't. I really can't tell watching it. And at a certain point, those distinctions don't really matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Book of Henry has that, but like on multiple different levels. <laughs> Like, I can't tell if this is a movie that like hates humanity. I can't tell if this movie that hates children. I can't tell. If this is a movie that it, it thinks it's smarter than other people. I can't tell if this movie's an endorsement of fascism or not. Like <laughs> it's it's one of those movies where you walk away from and you have a lot of questions. Mainly why? <laughs> Um,
0: I don't have an answer, by the way.
1: Yeah, and I I went looking uh, for Colin Trevorrow interviews, and he did a full interview on, like, the Empire podcast, and I was like, fuck that, I'm not listening to that. (laughs) But I read some transcripts of it, and, yeah, he was a little bit of hat in hand about, like, this was, like, post the release, and, like, the reviews were very negative. Um, But he says a lot of strange things, (laughs) which raise further questions, um here's uh here's this quote about the response to book of henry um it's a little heartbreaking without getting too personal and i think it's just because it came to us as a bit of a shock we screened this movie to so many people and we had reactions from so many people that we felt we knew what we had and we knew how it was going to affect the audience and that actually hasn't changed. It affects audiences in the same way we thought it would. We did not anticipate the level of vitriolic dislike for the film. <laughs> and in the end, do I want somebody, do I want to be somebody who can please both audiences and critics? Absolutely. So it was hugely, dis- so it, is that hugely disappointing? It is. And that's true. Book of Henry, it wasn't seen by that many people. But it has like a 70% positive from audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, That's kind of funny. Whereas, whereas critics hated it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright. Now, here's where it gets even stranger. Um, uh, I went to make a film that is narratively experimental. <laughs> which, it no. Um... <laughs> that allows me to face my fears as a filmmaker and is extremely ambitious and complex in what it attempts to do, and also a film that very clearly works potently for many, then does not work... I don't know what the fuck you're saying. For many others. (laughs) Um, Sure. I'm not going to say that this is some kind of movie that... This is some kind of movie of the future. It's not that. But I do believe in what I did, and I hope as people see it, as some um, some of that will become evident. Again, I have more questions.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really solve anything. Um, I think he thinks it's experimental. I yeah, genuinely believe that he thinks that.
1: Narratively experimental, he means that Henry dies in the middle of the fucking movie. <laughs> Even though it's called
0: Book of Henry, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, hey, yeah, that might be experimental. If I were to pitch this movie, I would start the movie with that. Have Henry die beforehand. <laughs> Make the movie about the fucking book. You might actually have an interesting movie there. So it would still be strange. It would still be strange, but uh, it would at least instead of it would be one disjointed movie instead of feeling like two disjointed movies. Uh, but I I gotta say like not to I don't want to psychoanalyze Colin Trevorrow too much because like you know whatever. He could be a great guy, you know? Uh, But there's like a. There's almost a cowardice to what he's doing here. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. To pick a movie that deals with the subject matter it deals with, is structured the way it is, and is just like. It's so like. I don't want to say daring, because it's not daring. (laughs) It's just shocking that these elements are put together. <laughs> it almost feels like a cop-out, so when the movie isn't received well, you can be like, well, it's because I was da- I was being a daring filmmaker, you know? <laughs> it's like those comics who, like, when they are bad, they go like, well, people just couldn't handle my comedy, right?
0: Yeah, What's the, like, who the fuck was that? Jim Brewer
1: right now? Jim Brewer, who hasn't been relevant in about 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob Schneider is like the, the the patron saint of that <laughs> attitude <laughs> um and ricky it's gervais a way of, ricky gervais i mean it's a way of comedy to have its cake and eat it too where it's like you can feel like you're being daring and challenging people and doing all sorts of crazy shit while not doing that <laughs> and then any criticism that comes your way it's it's wanting to be philosophical and deep without ha- facing the consequences of challenging people you know mm-hmm like this isn't this isn't a movie that is going to divide the audience <laughs> like well some some people
0: do like it um, most, yeah, like, mostly we... here, here's the thing mostly people who are either on record or behind the scenes working with Colin Trevorrow and I don't mean the <laughs> I I mean like business friends and people who have like written with him which is fine you know you want to support what? your friends but <laughs> it's very funny
1: i mean that would be a fucking hard moment like i gotta be honest i would like if you came to me and were like here's my new film and you put it in and it was book of henry (laughs) like that's a real like crossroads moment like i want to say i would be honest (laughs) like you got like honesty is the best policy but i don't know man (laughs) Like... well
0: one of the the fucking the his buddies who who praised the film and and said it's gonna be like a, an underrated classic in the future which is not true by the way uh, mm. also like I mean they were really going to bat for him publicly during this and it's because they got the the job writing on that Jurassic world animated series on Netflix but they were like, oh and I saw people complaining, about like the woman getting killed in Jurassic World, and it was like it's so clearly like a subversion, and they were just really railing against it, and I was like, jeez, like you got the you got the job, dude. Just you don't need to go that hard publicly about it." Oh like, yeah, <laughs> and also, fucking...
1: you're, it's a little weird when you go out and do that, and you're just saying what the director said. Mm-hmm. Like that's what Trevorrow basically. When, when people complain about the woman dying in Jurassic World, uh, he said, "I did it because it subverts expectations." <laughs> Which it doesn't really like. Does 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 anyone really understand why that death just hits poorly?
0: Because it's played comically, and then she just ends up dying when it's it plays out like a Looney Tunes logic, you know, and like in in a Looney Tunes episode, like imagine Bugs Bunny going through that, right? Uh huh. Bugs Bunny winds up being okay at the end of that, and that's the joke, where it's like, wow, that was fucking crazy, but in mm. the movie, she just dies by getting drowned. Uh, like by a pterodactyl, alive. and then the pterodactyl is drowning her, is eaten by a by the mosasaur, yeah, who en- ends up being the hero at the end of the film. So it's like, what are you saying with that?
1: Yeah, like, but but also to me a big thing, I, and I, I I think I say... I walked out of Jurassic World with like thirty minutes to go. I, rem- so, I remember this, yeah. Um, so I think. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio dies later. He but dies he also off kinda, camera. Yeah, he dies off camera. Which is like, there's the guy who should die on camera. Yeah. But to me, they're really... That movie, like, a lot of the soldiers go in and stuff and get killed by the, the evil dinosaur. But for, like, none of those deaths have the impact of her death, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when the pterodactyls attack the park in that big scene... It'd be one thing if she was a death in, like, the middle of mass carnage. No one else dies in that sequence. Like, that's <laughs> what hit about weird that. about it for me. Mm. Like, it's one thing... There's a movie... Did you ever see the movie Eight-Legged Freaks? Yeah! Mem- Remember the Whoa, scene where I haven't
0: heard about that one in a while.
1: There's a There's a scene when the giant spiders attack the whole town. And, like, people get massacred in that movie. <laughs> and it's, like... And it's innocent people. <laughs> like, it's not... But there's, like, there's a randomness to it, and there's a, like, oh, it could have easily gotten this person as much as it got that person, that makes it not feel like, when it kills a waitress, it doesn't feel like, oh, that waitress got singled out.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, it's a a B movie, like, it's not a great movie, but it's, like, Mm -hmm. if you like... A movie. If you think you're gonna like a movie called Eight Legged Freaks because it's gonna have giant spiders in it, you're probably gonna like it.
1: But I'm saying, what I'm saying is no. But both... you're
0: right. Like it doesn't feel gross and ugly by the end of it. Yeah, it's, it's a they're B both, movie.
1: They're both monster movies. There are like grisly deaths in that movie. Like there's the people that get sucked down into the spider holes by the trapdoor spiders. Yeah, like that's haunted me since childhood. <laughs> and Yo, like, that was both...
0: fucking scary. Like sorry to go off on Eight Legged Freaks, but that was a uh... That got that got heavy rental rotation for Young mm-hmm. Diego out of Hollywood one, Video.
1: <laughs> one of the last VHS tapes I ever bought. Yeah, yeah, not not the last, but one of the last. Um, but yeah, and like you, it's I'm just saying. It, but that's also I paid to see a movie called Eight Legged Freaks, and I paid to see a movie called Jurassic World, and I wanted to see a dinosaur like tearing shit up. And it's weird that that woman is like the one death, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, if, s- sorry, I got I gotta say. The best part of Eight-Legged Freaks are the jumping spiders going after, like, the the motorcycle crew.
1: Oh, yeah, there's the motorcycle crew. That's so
0: fucking... Whoever came up with that should, like, retire with billions of dollars in their bank account. Mm-hmm. That idea is so fucking fun.
1: That movie, it's so it's <laughs> weird because it's like, of course that movie wasn't going to be a hit. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're going to make a giant spider movie, it's about as good as you can do. Like... <laughs> There aren't that many great giant bug movies, <laughs> other than them, which is great. But
0: yeah, that that's that's the great one. Eight legged freaks is is solid.
1: <laughs> solid. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, although I think uh, the one there's the one character who's the boyfriend in that who is like he doesn't he kind of he doesn't take no for an answer. Oh yeah, start, yeah. When, and he gets and tased she, in the balls. He, he gets tased in the balls and pisses himself. But, like, he kind of gets a redemption arc in it, like... Which hasn't aged super well, probably. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He didn't go too far. <laughs> like, he went... He got tased in the balls. Yeah, okay. Hayes it's that.
0: a solid movie with, with, with some stuff that hasn't aged well. There you go. And
1: his redemption arc doesn't involve him getting Scarlett Johansson back. It's just he doesn't die by the end yeah. of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there's a failed blockbuster, maybe. Oh, hey, hey, yeah. Weird. Really not silly. not Failed
0: Awards Contender?
1: No, no, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, the guy who directed it, it, looks like he's only done since then Return of the Living Dead sequels. Oh, no! And a, and a direct-to-video sequel to Without a Paddle.
0: Oh, poor guy.
1: So I'm thinking if The Book of Henry was made like a decade ago, this would be the trajectory of Colin Trevorrow's career. Yeah.
0: He's got a lot of stuff, like, in production, like, lined up after Jurassic World, though. Because, like, he just got his hands, like, in all the right pots immediately.
1: It says a lot, though, that he immediately went back to the Jurassic World well, you know? Yeah, yeah, but, like, I mean,
0: I don't know if you you heard about other stuff he's got lined up.
1: He's got an Atlantis movie, I saw.
0: Yeah, um... There's something he's doing with uh, Eleven from Stranger Things in the starring role, and then there's something called War Magician which is based on Jasper Maskelyne, a British Mm -hmm. illusionist who used magic to defeat Nazis in World War II. Benedict Cumberbatch is set to star. Oh, my God. Yeah, but,
1: like, those both sound like movies where, like, we got the director and actor, and then no one makes it. No. Those are both, like, He's
0: getting work is the point, because he will go, like, through somewhat of a production process, whether or not they're made, and he's going to make money off of that
1: he's uh uh, yeah he's definitely he's set for life he made a five a movie that opened to 500 million dollars like unless he's an idiot with his money (laughs) he'll be fine but uh yeah it just i feel like there's a lot of people holding their breath for how jurassic world dominion plays you know yeah because like i
0: i don't know if you saw the short film or the 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 opening to dominion which shared I on
1: Twitter. started the short film and was like, no. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I didn't. I didn't hate it, but I also wasn't like impressed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. I saw like the opening sequence, which they were also like, like the Batman, very confident about. And they're like, oh my god, this is gonna be it. And I heard it was like Terrence Malick inspired with like imagery of 650 million years ago with the dinosaur stuff. But then just seeing it again, I was hit with like the realization. They're like, oh yeah, Colin Trevorrow can't like direct. Because, like, Mm. the difference between Terrence Malick is he tends to find, like, a rhythm in his imagery. Whether or not it works for you, his movies have a rhythm that gets you through them.
1: It is very inappropriate to compare <laughs> Colin Trevorrow to Terrence Malick. It is because Terrence Malick also like is kind of a crazy person and like will shoot like huge chunks of the movie that he just doesn't even use. Mm-hmm. Like he's a big guy. He understands that you can find the movie in editing a lot of the time. So yeah, he just like he, he wants to have a lot to work with. Mm-hmm. And the opening and, of uh,
0: Jurassic World Dominion, where it is showing you like uh, the, the land before time kind of stuff, right? But Mm -hmm. there's no like rhythm to what you're seeing. It's just like, here's an image of some cave formations. Here's an image of a valley. Here's an image of some dinosaurs drinking out of a lake. Here's some images of dinosaurs walking. And it's like, what is the, what am I supposed to be feeling from any of this? Why not just a static shot? Or at the very least, if you're gonna, cause it's all CGI too, which is fine. It's not inherently the problem, but it doesn't look good either. So yeah, I'm just that's... like, what am I supposed to be getting out of this? And then there's a fight with the T-Rex and some other dinosaur that I guess is going to play a big part in it. And the T-Rex dies. Then they cut to the the T-Rex that we know from the franchise running through the forest and landing in, the, um, in, in, a, in, a, in a drive-in theater showing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what did I get? I didn't get anything out of any of that. It was just a bunch of non-sequitur images. Mm -hmm. and it was very strange I I saw a lot of praise for it and I was like what the fuck are you all watching (laughs) so I'm willing to bet Jurassic World Dominion is going to be received moderately well not as well Well, as the
1: first Jurassic World but well I don't know man people like like I said I saw that trailer for Jurassic World I was like this doesn't look good I'm not going to see it and then a bunch of idiots talked me into seeing it because they they're like no it's actually really good and they were wrong (laughs) I'm, I'm sorry
0: I did like it when I first saw it
1: um it's a, yeah, bad movie, uh, bad director, uh, Book of
0: Henry. <laughs> yeah, but Book of Henry, um, uh, All right, D- I guess, Dean Norris, well, I want to shout out Dean Norris coming off of Breaking Bad, another guy cannot actor. cannot
1: pick a fucking good movie. Another guy just cannot fucking pick a good movie. No,
0: he's on, uh, the United States of Al right now on CBS. He's doing, like, a bunch of sitcom stuff, and it's like, dude, you're on Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. This dude should be like a legendary character actor now.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I think sometimes there's a problem with that where it's like he's too big to just be a character actor but like not big enough to be like a leading role, you know? Mhm. Like he should definitely be the guy like he shows up in the counselor for like 2 seconds. Yeah. Like uh, he should be like those he should be that in like a dozen movies every year. <laughs> like, <laughs> he should just show up and be like Hey, I got the shipment coming in. Like, that should be his, like, one thing. Yeah, I mean, he's
0: he's just so fucking great as, like, a burly, like, masculine man guy, Yeah, he you just know? looks
1: like a manly man. Yeah. Like, which is exactly why he is in Breaking Bad, you Yeah, Because that's, like, the whole thing with that character is that, like, he's, like, the masculine ideal next to fucking Walt, who's, like, feels very insecure yeah. about it. And, and fucking goddamn it, always breaks my heart. Um, spoilers for Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> But in that last season, when they, when the final showdown's happening, and Hank says to him, he's like, "You're the smartest guy I know," but you can't realize he made up his mind two minutes ago, you know, like. Yeah. God damn, was, What a fucking show. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like I just realized how much I miss catching up with those characters.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a great show, and people <laughs> like are kind of dunking on it lately, and I do not stand for it. But <laughs> I do not stand. He's on a show called Claws, I've never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> he played Clay Uncle Daddy Husser on the TNT series Claws.
0: Wow, that is an incredible name. That makes me want to watch the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's interesting. Um, oh, I forgot he popped up on an episode of Better Call Saul, which they've been doing a little bit.
0: Oh, because it's coming up on like the, the the original season of Breaking Bad, right?
1: Yeah, I, well, I don't know if it's going to go straight into that. The Better Call Saul thing's so strange, and you kind of just have to ignore it because it doesn't make sense at this point.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> I haven't seen any of it, so.
1: Better Call Saul's great. Yeah, I, I, I've I heard would, a
0: lot of great stuff, so. I, if um, I
1: had to throw, like, my hipster, like, side myself down, I would be like, Better Call Saul's kind of better than Breaking Bad.
0: Okay, I mean, that's totally um, plausible. Pla- plausible. I, there you go.
1: I would say, like, the, the, I'm more interested in where Jimmy McGill is going, Saul Goodman. Um, spoilers. His name's Jimmy McGill. I think they revealed that on Breaking Bad, that his name was really Jimmy McGill. I think so um, too. Yeah, I, that but, was
0: yeah, that was a thing.
1: Yeah, um, but his arc is more interesting than uh, fucking uh, what's his face. Well, Walt, <laughs> Walter White, Walt,
0: yeah. Heisenberg.
1: Um, but hey, good shows. Good shows out there.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. Dean Norris was in Total Recall. And I know yeah, the Red Letter in... Media guys just brought it up, but that's a really good fucking movie. You should watch yeah, that.
1: He's, he's also in Starship Troopers.
0: <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. yeah. See, Paul Verhoeven knows what the fuck... To... <gasps> Paul Verhoeven's Book of Henry. Now, there you go. There there you go. <laughs> Solved everything. Right there.
1: I don't think so. There's nothing in this that really works. I'm, like, I'm No, he sure would have he made
0: is... Henry into, like, a fascist or something like that.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's my, my take on this, is that, like, Henry, like, grows up to be Lex Luthor. Yeah. You know? Like... He grows up to be one of those people that like a programmer who believes that programmers should actually run everything in the world.
0: And then Paul Verhoeven would lean into that, and he'd be like, "I wanted to show what it was like to grow up in modern fascist America, you know."
1: Also, he would uh, he would play up the Jesus imagery even more. Yeah, and then Which he, he would have a, is a, a bunch of tongue. topless
0: women throwing themselves at uh, at
1: Henry at some point. Yeah, so Sarah Silverman because there is that scene in this movie. Oh yeah, that does have.
0: What a fucking... This movie's evil. I'm sorry. We were trying to softball it's, it, but it's, like, making me angry
1: now. <laughs> you were kind of hyping that you might have had a take on it. I was no,
0: nervous. no. My, my my one take is that, like, Colin Trevor has, like, interesting ideas once in a while. Like, I really do think Duel of the Fates, like, people are hyping it up as, like, oh, the, uh, the great unmade Star Wars movie. I don't think that... I do think there's more interesting ideas in that than of... Uh, like, like obviously, Rise of Skywalker. I, I think there's a lot of directions you could take from there. I think Fallen Kingdom, the Jurassic World sequel that Ethan, a lot of people don't like, um, has a lot of interesting material in it that was mined properly by a real good filmmaker. Um, and I think that's all he should do. I think he should write first drafts and then hand them off to significantly better filmmakers. Here's my pitch. If we had to have a world where both he and J.J. Abrams were in line to do Episode Nine. You have him do the draft. You have JJ direct. You don't let them mm. um, mix. I think in those are two them.
1: forces that you just can't really put together, which I also think is the problem for Rise of Skywalker. Like,
0: I mean, the wrong people were lined up for that. Very clearly, yeah. it should have been Matt Reeves, in my opinion. But fairly,
1: fairly clearly, they should have just locked down fucking what Ryan Johnson. I know, yeah. I know,
0: with the fucking Bob Iger with the we need to make this movie so I can end my tenure as the god who made four billion dollar movies yeah. in the same year.
1: They really, yeah. They really should have just, you know, they should have they should have done anything else. Yeah, they
0: should have waited. Frankly,
1: yeah, that that that's all. Because then true. then
0: COVID happened, and they would have had to wait even longer. So they would have mm-hmm. had time with like a script.
1: Well, because that's the thing. Again, we really shouldn't talk about Star Wars as much. No, no, so. no, no. It's Book of Henry
0: is bad. Um, it it kind of <laughs> has this legendary quality of its badness, and that's all true. Uh, watch it once if you want to know what not to do with making a movie. Um, be prepared to feel but, gross after. There you well, go. Let's
1: talk about the movie a little bit. Let's actually <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> okay. All right. So in the myriad of questions we have about this movie, <laughs> so where, did, where does a movie like this come from? And when I say that, I mean, you know, like if, if you have an idea... For a story, <laughs> like what was the, what was the imp, impetus of this? What started it? And I, I wrote down like, what if you like, what if you come up with the perfect murder? There's there's an idea for a story, right? A lot of people have written that, a movie that is like, here's how I would get away with murder. <laughs> there are plenty of movies out there that have those plots, but then it feels like what if a kid came up with the perfect murder and it's like okay like that's an idea right Mm -hmm. like i'm trying to like i'm trying to boil book of henry down to like page one like what are you going into page one with right Uh you don't just start with the fucking speech henry does (laughs) You, you, you you start from a different point and then i was like well what if your kid came up with a perfect murder. Like, okay, so it's told from the perspective of the adult. What if you found out your kid had come up with a perfect murder? <laughs> and then on top of that, it was like, what? And then it feels like almost, what if you found a kid's notebook and in the notebook it had the answer to how to commit the perfect murder, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what this movie was like? Is that where this came from? <laughs> I just want to get, like, to the origin point, you know? Like, it's... I don't know.
0: It's it's, it's very strange. Because, like, that's another thing I thought of when I was watching it, too. You know, like, when you start writing, like, sometimes your first drafts are not going to be great, and that's totally fine. That's what the first drafts are for. Yeah. to get the idea out there. It's for it to exist. But when watching it, you know, like, sometimes you're reading your first draft, and you're just like, where is this going? And then you finish, it, you're like, I see what you're going for. Now I need to, like... Craft that to make that momentum yeah. happen at the beginning instead of page thirty or something, right? Well,
1: no, I literally, I was, I was just going through something. I just finished writing something yesterday, and uh, like, I went back and I knew it was bad because it was a first draft. But like, I just was like, got to power through it. And like, reading it again, I'm like, I can cut the first third of this fucking thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what I've been doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and like personally, I've, I've also gotten something like that that I'm very passionate about, and I was like, okay, this ten page scene could be a two page scene you know stuff like that it's normal Mm. Book of Henry doesn't have that (laughs) at all again
1: again, it's like there's one thing where it's like yes it's a sloppy first draft but I can't even see like what you were trying to go for you know
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like at most you want to say that this movie is like a satire of those movies about bright children right yeah like that's like but it's it's too. It hits too many of those beats in an unironic way. <laughs>
0: but now that does it hit those beats because of Colin Trevorrow.
1: That could be completely plausible, you know. It, it entirely plausible that maybe this was written as like a dark comedy, which like I've heard that take go around, but I do not see it. Because <laughs> also the dialogue is really bad. Mm-hmm. I think the it's unappreciated how bad the dialogue is in, the, is in this. And I think it's overshadowed by the lazy visual shorthand of the movie. <laughs> but, uh, again, it like, it's um, – I am cribbing. There's a uh, a really good video on YouTube I saw a, few, a while ago by a guy named Foldable Human. Oh, yes. He did a breakdown on Boca Henry. And he points out, like, very specific things, like – there's, like, a narrative problem here where – the writer knows Henry is going to die before the audience does, right? Mhm. So, Henry is witnessing things and taking notes on things before he realizes he's going to die. So it, it affects, it doesn't make sense when you break it down. <laughs> mhm. And it's, it's just like, this movie's full of that. Like None of it structurally really makes any sense. And like I said, I almost feel like the better version of this movie, not to go back to my thing, which is just like, the better version of this movie would be like, you start with Naomi Watts, her son Henry has just died. And she is not getting over it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and she's doing a bit, be- like, it's like, there's a mourning process, which is understood. And because this movie has to condense that to like a 10 minute scene, not even, I think it's maybe five minutes of her mourning loss of Henry. It feels a little gross when it's like hey you should be getting over the loss of your kid. And it's like no, it just happened. <laughs> and also if I'm a, if I'm paying to see this in theaters, I probably went in not knowing that. <laughs> and I'm probably equally as shocked as she is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a little it's a little weird. I would just start like her son Henry's just died. She isn't getting over it. She's going through some of Henry's old things and in in his room she finds a book that explains how to commit the perfect murder, right? hmm And it's kind of like this shocking, like, oh, shit, I didn't really know my kid. <laughs> and then the trouble is, like, all right, so you find this book. Most of us, believe it or not, do not have people in our lives that we want murdered. <laughs> in our immediate lives, I guess. <laughs> yes, maybe I'd go back in time and take care of Hitler, but he's been dead for a while. <laughs> So, like, there's... Uh, most of us are not in a situation like that, so you also have to have that element, which is the thing this movie really drops the ball on, which is that you got to kill your neighbor to save a girl from an abusive relationship, right? mm mm-hmm. uh, So, it's... So, like, you could find... You could have that story where she finds a notebook, here's how to commit the perfect murder, and then, like, wow, my kid had a lot going on. <laughs> and then you put the book away, right? Like... <laughs> Because most of us don't want to murder people. (laughs) And so, maybe you could rewrite it. Maybe it's like, maybe she's the victim of something. You know, the mom. (laughs) Something that she's kept hidden from the kids. Maybe the husband's a piece of shit. He comes back into their life. He's going to take the kid. And it's like, oh, that's a problem. And it's like... I can't think of any way to stop this guy other than to kill him, right? <laughs> yeah. So now I'm going to use my kid's book to kill my ex-husband. But even that is like, that's a weird plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like,
0: I mean, to, to really softball the movie, to really, really make a Mr. Fantastic level stretch, I would argue there's something truthful in the idea that a parent doesn't feel that they've done the best parenting job that they can. Mm-hmm. I think that is an idea that you could explore in a very beautiful story. And this film also never ends up settling with like any individual sequence with that idea. You know, That's like, kind this of the realization is... she ends up coming to where she's like, I'm not going to kill this guy uh, just because Henry left this material behind or whatever, right?
1: I'm not going to let my kid... Rule my life, which is like symbolic of her taking responsibility, but also like her getting over the death of her child, right? Yeah. Like, but that's about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it's literally like that is the moment. <laughs> and there's, it's nowhere else in the film. Uh, such a bad movie. Yeah. A, like, I just, but could... we gotta talk about, we have to talk about, uh, the 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 reason for the murder of it all which is like the grossest element of this movie because mm-hmm. that character is like so poorly written the, the neighbor um whose like name i already don't even remember having seen it um uh Kr- christina. christina i kept wanting to call her maddie because that's the actress's name <laughs> yes and but it's christina uh i guess i could have just said sickleman because like i do remember Naomi Watts going mr sickleman (laughs) after they find the fucking book um but like she has no presence in the film other than just being sad all the time you know Mm -hmm. there's even a comical scene where naomi watts goes over because she needs to get dean norris's signature and so she's like hey can we talk in the house for a second about something kind of important and she goes in. And just as she's coming in, Maddie is coming down the stairs looking sad, right? Mm-hmm. And there's kind of a little moment between Naomi Watts and Maddie. And then New Norris is like, hey, aren't we going to talk about something? And then she's like, oh, yeah. And then Maddie just goes back up the stairs. <laughs> and it's like, why were you coming down the stairs? What happened here? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have an interior life? Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that's another byproduct of, like, Men not knowing how to like write women, yeah. You know, it's like they, 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 they occupy like one trait, one individual emotion, and that ends up being yeah. it, you know, which is like not how to write anyone, let alone women. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, just, it's and her trait
1: it's, is just sadness, mm hmm. Um, but all right, so well, like this is revealed in like the weirdest way because like, you're watching this fucking movie and you're like, where the hell is this going? <laughs> Like, because for, for the beginning, it kind of just feels like. Uh, it kind of just feels like your average kid genius story, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's bullies at school. It, it goes a while before the abuse is even revealed. Um, and then Henry's just looking out the window one day, and he reacts in a way like it's the first time he's ever seen it, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's really shocked and then like, he comes down he, like the next morning he comes down and like all shaken and the mom's like what's wrong and he's like oh nothing and there's a good moment where like Naomi Watts is like she, you can tell she knows something is up but she, then she's like well if you say nothing's wrong okay I'm not gonna ask any further questions which kind of hints at what the movie's going for a little bit <laughs> um, then we go to school and the teacher's like we got donuts <laughs> and all the kids are like yay donuts and they keep emphasizing that one fucking kid that wanted to be the best dodgeball player ever. Kid's going to fucking town on some donuts. <laughs> and But then like Maddie looking sad with a donut. <laughs> and Henry like gets up, just walks out of the classroom and then goes into the principal's office and goes, God damn it, Janice, how much longer can this go on? And you're like, wait, this, is, we, this has already happened? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, he, he shows up like like a fucking
0: rogue cop and like... Yeah, he's in like, cop like a... on the edge, Henry. Yeah. Like, he's
1: fucking there, like, I'm gonna about to turn in my fucking badge. He's like, like, fucking
0: he's... Beverly Hills cop.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so ridiculous. And the principle is, like, now, look, we investigated, we didn't find anything. Like, which, you know, like, that's honestly, you could make a movie about that where it's, like, sometimes people can cover that shit up. It happens all the time, right? Mm-hmm like and instead it's like this weird thing of like I don't know if the movie's trying to be like the systems are letting us down like yeah
0: cause there's like stories to be told about that and like you know Colin Trevor also was like you know we kinda made a movie about like the Me Too movement before like the movement happened and it was like whoa dude that. you can't yeah, just that, say shit like that
1: that's just factually wrong yes like, that's not even like oh I can like I can't even like stretch the movie to fit that like that's not what this movie's about but uh but there's also a moment in it later where he calls up child protective services, right? And he's like, "Hey, I would like to I would like to report this anonymously." Um, the one's like, "Okay, like are you being abused?" cuz she can tell it's a kid on the phone, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's like, "No, it's not me, it's my neighbor." And frankly, I think the person on the other end of the phone asks a perfectly reasonable question. <laughs> yeah. Which is, "How, how old are you?" <laughs> And he's like, I'm calling this anonymous. Doesn't that mean I can report this anonymously? And it's like a weird moment. <laughs> and he, he just like gives the information and hangs up. And I'm like, are we supposed to be like Child Protective Services are letting people down? Which is like, yeah, there's tons of gaps in the system, right? Mm-hmm. But the movie doesn't really seem to have anything to say about that. And then, of course, like what we find out is that Dean Norris's brother is like part of Child Protective Services. So that's why like, nothing's going to happen. Um, odd. Like, like, fine. Again, fine. But also, like, it feels like for a system that has as many holes in it as Child Protective Services, it feels like the one thing they might be like is like, oh, hey, uh, you're not allowed to investigate your own family. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: I feel like that's one <laughs> thing they might get right. Now, maybe I'm wrong. But I hey. I'll, I'll softball the movie again and be like,
0: well, look, how many like police investigations are actually like, no, we investigated yeah. the guy and it turns out the guy investigated himself or some shit.
1: Well, all right, and then here's the other angle of this is that they keep going that Dean Norris is an upstand, they they, they multiple people say he's an upstanding member of society, mm-hmm. <laughs> like of the community, I mean, and that he's 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 the sheriff, right? Yeah, like which whatever like <laughs> he never does anything that looks like it would be what a sheriff does is there even a cop car parked at his house
0: no. look again let's softball the movie and say that was intentional it still doesn't focus on the fact that he's not doing anything it's just yeah. the movie's not covering that material
1: <laughs> but then like here's the scene that's kind of like darkly hilarious for me it's like we've set up this thing he's abusing this girl right now we don't know if it's sexual abuse or physical abuse, right? Mm-hmm. I think the movie is leaning towards physical abuse, but you should maybe spell that out a little more. Yeah. <laughs> Just because the other is, like, even darker. Um, so then there's, like, the scene in it where Naomi Watts sees the girl, and she's like, oh, hey. I, and she tries to give the medal because the fucking kid's medal broke, right? So like, here's a medal I won for dancing. He can have that. No kid's gonna feel weird about that. And, um... <laughs> and she's like oh thanks and they do like a handshake that's like kind of cool right Mm -hmm. show that they like each other right man (laughs) and uh Dee Norris comes over and Nima is like oh I bet you're excited for your daughter performing in the talent show and he's like eh you know I I can't really I don't really care for that kind of stuff (laughs) and it's like so the guy's an abuser we know he's an abuser by this point (laughs) But the movie also felt the need to point out that he also doesn't like that his kid dances. <laughs> like, why are we doing this? Like, this would be something you reveal before you find out he's an abuser. You know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where it's like, man, there's something up with Mr. Sickleman. Because like, he's kind of a jerk about like the leaves, the leaves, you know? yeah. Where it's like a dick move, but also like not unfair, you know, to be like. And he, he honestly kind of did it like, hey, look, just take care of your lawn so the leaves don't blow into mine, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is like caring about your lawn. That's like a suburban thing. Like, who gives a shit? But whatever. It's a weird thing to get hung up on. We see that he's abusing her. And then we have this added scene of him being like, eh, fuck talent shows. <laughs> it, it's it's, like, it's, why it's is comical. This, why is this here? It would be better if he was like really involved in her life, you know? As like a cover <laughs> mm-hmm. of like, oh, everyone likes Mr. Sickleman. He's like, like, hey, I got the leaves on your lawn for you. It's like, wow, Mr. Sickleman's really great, and he's actually hiding this dark secret. That would be narratively more interesting. Instead, they did all this dull bullshit shorthand of like, yeah, take care of your lawn, lady. Yeah, talent shows are for pussies. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is this?
0: Well, it's it's the person who wrote. Uh Jurassic World. No, no, actually no that's right. It 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 was not the person who wrote Jurassic World. Greg Hurwitz just um I don't know. It's 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 a strange film. It's kind of incredible that it exists and the miraculousness of it stops there.
1: Are you trying to wind this down because we are not done here? Oh my god. We got a lot to litigate about this fucking movie. Really? Do we really? Well, there's so much in it that I don't understand why it's even in the movie. Yeah, but, I mean,
0: the, the whole movie, I just question its mere existence. Right.
1: Why are the bullies? Why are the bullies picking on the kid? Because uh, he's small. That? Like That's it. Look, kids pick on other kids for a lot of bullshit reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't make sense. Kids can be really cruel. There's nothing here. <laughs> and why are they frightened of Henry. <laughs>
0: I, I have no fucking idea, because like, he's a fucking psychopath.
1: Can Henry do the, like, fucking uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes thing, where, like, he can, <laughs> he can anticipate the punches coming at him with his genius powers? Like, now that would be a movie. That yeah, It would. It totally would. <laughs> it's like, here's the thing. They could have doubled down on a lot of this stuff, and it would be, like, a wild movie. Like... <laughs> It almost feels like, in a weird way, Trevor got a little gun-shy. Like, he was afraid to go too far with some of it. But not the abuse, apparently. No. Well, um, but... You can always
0: tell when the filmmaker's kind of, like, hedging their bets a little bit. Or, like, they're not going as far as they need to with the concept or, like, a film idea, right? Mm. And th- that's why it's so strange that the movie's, like, so bad. Mm. But you still feel like, God, it, you could have made it, like, a full-on, like disaster piece and it's not it's just like yeah. it's a cautionary tale of like ego I think it's it's, it's, it's not like, like it's, yeah it's not cats it's,
1: it's one of those things where we go like alright you want to do the dark child genius movie right like I said like I guess the like one sentence version of this film was like what if a kid came up with the perfect murder like that's a weird setup but like sure you can take that in a lot of different directions none of those directions cross over with this movie really mm-hmm. like none of that is really here um all right, so the fucking they oh they call uh the kid uh Jacob Tremblay they call him a nothing when they're beating him up
0: yeah like is and, that and then the, they they call Henry like oh at least you're smart he's nothing and it's just like Jesus
1: <laughs> like mm-hmm. it 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 is a, a it is a and cruel the kid's film. name the kid's name is Peter the title of the movie is Book of Henry fucking G- Henry is a Jesus metaphor right like. So, Peter is like one of the first apostles, like...
0: <laughs> I, I, I think you're stretching more than the film.
1: No, th- that's totally what this movie's going for. Really? You think so? It's 100%. It's 100% what the movie's going
0: for. <laughs> my god.
1: I even picked up on more watching it again. <laughs> because she tells the story, she tells a stupid bedtime story to the kids, and w- the story she is telling is basically uh, the story of Joseph and the coat of many colors, which is in the Bible. It's an Old Testament, but it is in the Bible, so there's there's some of that there. Uh, again, not the list from Foldable Humans video, but like Henry, uh, Peter scatters Henry's ashes at the end of the film. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, that is gothic He's symbolically gonna be here with all of us, you know. Uh-huh. His spirit is here, and that's the enchilada. Number one, Apostle number one. I don't know, but <laughs> she she cradles him like Jesus when he's dying. Mm-hmm. Oh, with like, the lighting
0: there, and everything. You know what? I see that. Yeah, there's
1: ton, there's tons of Jesus shit in this movie, um, and it's it's bad. <laughs> but uh, again, it doesn't really add up. Uh, so after he gets bullied, then he goes home and he's like, "You abandoned me, Henry." and Henry's like, oh, I, I'm gonna make you smile, which sounds more like a threat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then what the fuck does he do? What is that? It's just him playing. It's just what, weird, smart kid playing. What kid in 21st century America cares about fucking mountain climbing?
0: I don't know. I just rewatched Cliffhanger. That was pretty fun.
1: Yeah, but we're weird. Yeah. We're doing a podcast on the Book of Henry. Like... <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, no, I, I got nothing for that. That's just, um, how to I make mean, it, kid... it's, it's quirky. I mean, that's the thing with the goggles and, and the, the plungers. Like, it's very quirky, uh, weird, off-kilter imagery for a child. And so it's yeah. like immediately that, that, that's seen as like more marketable,
1: you know? Yeah, it, fe- it feels like that's for the poster.
0: Yeah, you know? which, the, I mean, like. the
1: poster, not the one on the
0: Wikipedia, but the poster that a lot of people know the movie by. Very Amblin-inspired and shit. Yeah. Not Drew Struzan. But it's very clearly going for that style.
1: There's no way Trevorrow didn't try to get Drew Struzan. in.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. He's just, like, semi-retired now. Yeah. And was like, I'm not doing this for, like, an indie movie. <laughs> Pay me my fee um, of a million dollars or whatever and I'll do it.
1: But here's the thing. If you want to make a kid laugh, that's like how they just make a fucking fart noise or something. <laughs> like, it's very easy. No, but, to but Henry's smarter.
0: Laugh. Henry's smarter than everyone. Not just his fellow children. But he's smarter than doctors, too.
1: But also Henry has, like, no emotions because he's a little computer boy. Yeah. Like.
0: Which is he, another problem we had with the imitation game. Because that's. Yeah. That's what geniuses.
1: I guess that's the through line here. Um, he does fucking. Also. All right. <laughs> I hate child genius movies. <laughs> I think most people do. <laughs> I can't think of a good one off the top of my head.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, the only one I can really think of that's, like good is matilda but that's like got like a magical element to it and also that's like i'm more like i'm thinking of the book because i remember the book is kind of better than the movie Mm. and i think the book also ends with a very specific point that like as matilda grew up she like kind of lost her magic powers because she didn't need them anymore and like that's kind of an important thing it's like yeah grow up you know like you don't need to be a child genius forever Mm -hmm. My thing is, child genius movies are always written by people who like want to go back to being a kid, being like, man, if I could go back with what I had now, I'd do so many things different, right? Mm -hmm. Which is an impulse we all kind of have. Like, it wants the experience of life without having to go through it, you know, without the consequences. Like, we, a lot of the things we do in our lives. We had to learn through trial and error, you know? Like, we've all made mistakes, and we go, well, I'm never doing that again. Or, oh, if I could go back, I would've done that differently because it would've worked out better. Like, you know, oh, I would've been nicer to this person, or oh, I kept that person in my life too long, blah, blah, blah. Or, on superficial levels, you'd be like, man, if I could just go back in time, Like, I was thinking about, like, my family was, like, an early adopter of Netflix, like, when they were just doing In the Mail, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, if I could go back in time and tell my family, like, hey, invest in Netflix, we could have made a lot of money, you know? Yeah. Like, get it on the ground floor. We like this product. Like, it's not even that big of a stretch for us to invest in it. Like, put money in Netflix. But, like, of course, you know, that's hindsight 2020. Netflix could have just gone the same way as Blockbuster like it could have been a it could have been a major flop. There's tons of other dead Netflixes across the wasteland. <laughs> like Divics and stuff like that. Yeah. So when like Henry spends so much of this movie being like focused on stocks and he's like, "Oh, I had the benefit of being born into a bull market and shit like that." Like that is so clearly written from an adult that would be like, "If I go back in time, I'd invest in Apple, you know?" Mm-hmm. Like and it's like, "No, you're saying that because you know it pays off now." Like Investing in stock, especially when you don't have a ton of money, it's it's incredibly risky. Like you're gambling a lot when you invest, especially in an economy as rigged as ours. <laughs> um and it's just it's so weird and it's like unremarked upon really. Like where did the family even get this money to invest? Like I
0: think the implication is that Henry uh did it like without his mother's consent or he just did it anyways and then now they have money to continue doing that because he's so smart
1: but like she she talks out like he basically does her taxes remember like the bobby Moynihan? in the one scene is like you have to ask a yeah. seven an year old and so it's like implies that he just kind of took over the finances at some point point. and like i don't know like also it's so strange they live in like a pretty good middle class house mm-hmm. you know a better house than you and i will ev- ever own you yeah know? Like... <laughs>
0: like i'm i'm pretty sure the the implication is just that henry's like solved all this stuff like there's no real struggle financially because of him now
1: yeah and but like why is it here
0: oh cuz like, he's smart like, that's it that's it, literally it
1: it it really feels like it's here just to do like that weird adult wish fulfillment thing but also just to justify that she can purchase a gun later in the movie like I don't know. It, it, so, much, so much of, like, kid genius movies just bug me in that way where you can just see, like, the adult, like, going back and being like, man, if I go back, I would do these things differently. And also, you don't really need to be a genius for any of that either. Like, you just need to look into the... You need to be able to see the future. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, say Eternal Sunshine for the Spotless Mind problem. Like, if you erase, like, the parts of your brain that hurt, like, you're just going to end up making the same mistakes over and over again. <laughs> And so like a kid like that, who like is smart and can like basically see into the future with his smartness is not gonna develop like a healthy moral compass. That's how you get Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> you Become a billionaire in your early twenties. Like you're gonna be a little fucked up, sorry. <laughs> Unless you were just like handed that money, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think I have anything else on this. I think I think I'm book of Henry Doubt.
1: Well, I'm not done.
0: Okay. Then keep
1: going. <laughs> uh, Alright, just a few things, I guess. Naomi Watts looks like she's never played a video game before in her life. I mean, that's probably
0: and, true. She probably hasn't.
1: And I'm not even trying to be, like, down on her. <laughs> no, no, no. Before. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm just saying, like, you can you can always kind of tell, you know, like, I remember the Nickelodeon shows, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we're playing the new, like, GameCube, and it was like, <laughs> it's a P- it's a PlayStation controller. Yeah. That's all they're using,
1: you know? Or when whenever movies... As a kid, I used to be always know they'd be like, yeah, we got the new Game Sphere 20. <laughs> and it's like, Game Sphere doesn't exist. Yeah, but... yeah,
0: there's that. Yeah, that vibe with her, like, playing the video games.
1: Well, yeah, but it's it's one thing where it's like, sure. like I don't, And this is also a movie where, like, Henry slows the fucking movie down to correct how she gives the middle finger. Mm. So it feels a little hypocritical for me to come in here and be like, she doesn't look like she knows how to play video games. And again, I'm not trying to be down on Naomi Watts. I'm saying the director should have picked up on this mm-hmm. and directed his actor a little better. Because she's like holding the controller like right in front of her face. And Look, people play video games differently, like, especially if you get, like, excited. Like, I've definitely seen the thing where she does where she's, like, kind of, like, pushes the controller towards the screen, Mm -hmm. you know? I've seen people do that. I've seen people stand up when they get really excited. No, I I fucking
0: get into it with Mario Kart, you know? Yeah. Like, not, like, aggressive, but I'm, like, all leaning forward and shit.
1: And here's the thing. I've seen people play with the controller close to their face, but they never keep it, like... the, The cool thing about a really good video game controller is that you don't need to look at it you know it basically is invisible and in your hands all that stuff becomes like second nature right and naomi watts is kind of playing it like she has to keep the controller in her peripheral vision and what's so strange is when they cut to the after henry has died time um and they try to show like how dejected she is and how out of touch the way she is playing the video game is more accurately reflective of how people play video games Mm -hmm. with her arms like slumped and the controller just sitting in her lap and it's like no, a lot of people play video games like that, <laughs> and instead, so that's this movie being like, "Look out! She can't even play video games now." <laughs> um, what was Henry's deal with Polaroid cameras?
0: Well, it's vintage. Yeah, but why? Because uh, Colin Trevorrow likes the the vintage stuff. Yeah. I mean, like he it? opens Jurassic World Dominion with with a drive-in movie theater playing film, and a film oh, projector yeah. eating the eating the reel.
1: Yeah. That's because he came up with that visual, and then didn't bother to think about how driving theaters don't fucking exist. Anymore. oh that, that they, they exist.
0: I just probably no, I did, not in the, where the film takes place.
1: No, yeah, they, they do exist. They I, there is one near me. Um, it's like an hour away, <laughs> and it gets like one movie a month. Like no, no, there, there's
0: a. I mean, L A. So that's why. But yeah, there's LA's a couple different around. Different because yeah. L A.
1: has like got the whole fucking revival thing. There was a. There was one near where I grew up. I think it finally closed though. <laughs> Um but it's not like a it's not like a commonplace thing anymore. No, no, no. You know? It's not something that all the kids go to on the weekend. It's something that, oh, your dad noticed that you're actually really in the movies. It'd be kinda of fun to take him to a drive in one of these days. Mm. <laughs> to go see fucking Shrek 2. <laughs> um But look and as someone who's into like vintage tech, like There's a way to portray that in the movie that they just don't really do. (laughs)
0: And also, like, use it for something.
1: Mm -hmm. Like, because
0: I think you're getting at, like, there's all this stuff in the movie that's just here and serves no purpose.
1: Well, I think it's telling that the fucking treehouse they're in looks like it was art designed within, like, an inch of its life, Uh you know? (laughs) Like, it looks like they brought in 20 different people (laughs) to design just that. Then when you're inside... Their house, and also the neighbor's house, they're both, like, so empty. And it's like, these could be anyone's houses, you know? There's nothing... It feels like in a movie like that, like, you know, you can, te- you can tell a lot about someone by what they have on the walls in their home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yes, if you're working for an indie film, you don't always have time for that. But, like, it can even be something like, do they have pictures of the family on the wall? Do they have pictures of just themselves on the wall? Do they have, like, a fish they caught? (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, very simple things. And those houses just look so spacious and empty, and there's nothing to indicate any personality to them, you know? I mean, it's the thing of, like, you go over to a friend's house as a kid, and it's always a little jarring because their house is different than your house, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not just in design, but just in, like, what that family values. And it's... it's it's This is, like, basic shit. Like, you should have a set decorator that tells you these things. <laughs> and it's, like, that's reflective of the whole movie, you know? Where it's just obsessed with the wrong parts. Because you also... You, you kind of didn't even need the treehouse. Like, yeah, no,
0: it doesn't, like pertain to anything that happens. Like,
1: yeah, it's a sniper's nest, but like you basically, she basically could have just gone out to the woods with a gun and shot him. Like <laughs> um Okay,
0: also for the assassin, for the attempted assassination, like she could have just killed him. Like it didn't yeah. need to be a sniper. Like
1: Well, the whole murder plot doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Like it it it, it It's so, it it feels, it's badly written, but also the visuals, the visuals of it don't tell it well, because it, like, there's no real spot where he could stand where he was going to fall in that fucking river. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, and then even if he did fall, uh, it's too shallow. Like, that body's washing up. And also, like, bodies washing up is the most common way for bodies to be found. (laughs) Like... Mm -hmm. What what you, you want to do was if you're trying to commit the perfect murder, like you want to make the it's very hard to convict someone of murder if no body is found. Like that's actually a really big stumbling block in investigating things. So what you want to do is make the body fucking disappear, and throwing it into a river where bodies float is not going to do that. It just means it's someone else's problem. <laughs> And I guess the the trick is like, oh, if he got shot and then thrown in the river, you're not going to know where the murder scene was. Which I guess, but the murder scene is his backyard. (laughs) And I feel like police would investigate a backyard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like, and, and to go further, maybe the flaws in the plan is like an indictment of Henry still being a child. Yeah. But he's not wrong about other stuff he brings up for the rest of the film so the film isn't trying to do that yeah it's i i, I he, still just think about the like, a scene where he's explaining to the doctor what's wrong with him yeah you know like that's just fucking like who who does that like who yeah. who would come up with that and play that straight
1: yeah and also the kid who's having very noticeable headaches doesn't go like hey i'm having a lot of headaches i should go to a doctor yeah if, if like he's supposed to be kid, that genius, smart yeah it's it's fucking stupid
0: i don't I don't like doing the the criticism where it's like we're smarter than the film. it's just like very it, it's just gross this, this is a gross weird the dodgeball be smarter
1: than this film is the thing like we're not <laughs> bragging by being smarter than it like you put nine ninety people in front of it ninety of them are gonna be smarter than it like mm-hmm. it's just Ugh, bad movie um the Dominic thing doesn't make any sense. I don't even know what to do with that. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, best original song. I forgot that Naomi Watts sang it in the movie. <laughs> um, also, again talking about like a lack of interior lives. Where does this creative spark come from for her? You know, mm-hmm. like what is like she's always like writing stories for the kids. Like sing, make, write your own songs. Like it was her dream to be a children's book author. Like
0: I don't know, because the film ends up going in that direction, but I, I, it's not there in the beginning.
1: Yeah, but also like, why doesn't she do it? Like, there, there's never a part in the movie where she's like, oh, I cause she's to,
0: uh my... she, she's a lazy parent, even though she's, she she goes to work.
1: She's addicted to video games, and she takes care of her kids. Yeah, so know, like, like it,
0: ugh, it's so fucking. I'll never forget like your 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 beef with Ant Man. Uh, we're sorry to talk about Marvel now, but like that's fine. Um, you brought up that like you know everyone says he's like oh he's he's a bad dad because he's a criminal, but like everything he does like in the movie shows that he's actually like a good dad. Yeah, you know, and like yeah he like he went to prison, but like he's not like he's clearly not a bad influence, mm-hmm. and so like it's it's at odds with what the film is showing, and I do think that's a problem with like family drama stuff in films right now. I'm not seeing a lot of like genuine conflict that I, I can buy into. Yeah,
1: they're you know? all stupid conflicts. Yeah. Which is and why I'm excited words. for
0: Spielberg doing his, like, his origin story on film, I guess, next well, year. always
1: be excited for Spielberg.
0: Well, that, too, well, also, because, yeah. the other thing about, yeah. now,
1: with all video game angle, where it's like, oh, she plays video games, like, a, a better movie would be, like, you know, like, it's that thing, like, when you, if you go over and, like, my dad loves to play video games, and it's, like, your dad loves video games, your dad must be the coolest dad on earth, or your mom, whatever, blah, blah, like, you know, you do something, but then you realize, like, a mom that is playing video games all day actually isn't great, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you have a responsibility as a parent, and sometimes, like, cool parents, like, will neglect their kids, because they're trying to, like, recapture youth through their children, right? Like, that's a very common conflict in life and in film. Like, I've known plenty of parents who, like, thought they were, like, as cool as their fucking kids, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're always trying to be into what their kids were into in, like, a weird way. And it's like, but it's underlined as a problem from the start, and then there are also zero consequences. (laughs) It's so, like, weird. (laughs) Um, Henry has a seizure, ends up in the hospital, diagnoses his own thing. And that's when I basically stopped taking notes. Like, I kind of, like, I at some point, I was still, like, furious at the movie. Um, because also, I will say this, like, unfair to the movie, but suddenly, in the middle of watching this, um, I remembered that, hey, when I was in middle school, a classmate of mine died of a fucking brain tumor. Ah. Uh, and suddenly I remembered that in the middle of watching this, and I was like, it made me angrier at the film. <laughs> so... Yeah, not good. Uh, and it uh, wasn't as cutesy as this fucking movie makes it out to be. Um, ugh. Ugh. It's a
0: movie. So you wouldn't recommend it?
1: I would not recommend it. I wouldn't even recommend it as, like, so bad it's good. It If you're a college professor, maybe show this movie, but you got to, like, give, like, really really in-depth commentary about how wrong every scene in the movie is yeah
0: that that's where i'm coming from with it where like you 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 study it you analyze it and you realize what not to do and how how simply things can go wrong because the shots in this aren't like complicated so i guess that's like that's the one big takeaway you should you should uh have with this movie if you feel like hey this is going really simply and smoothly there's a there's a good chance you might be doing it wrong and I yeah. know that sucks to say, because I'm not someone who's like, conflict breeds are... I, I definitely don't want to say that. But, like, just, just just take a look at what what happens here. And yeah. uh, try to avoid it, I guess.
1: Hey, what's the deal with Colin Trevorrow saying this movie was about Henry had emotional intelligence? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, That's not true. That's very clearly not true. That is, like, yeah, the most not true thing in it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, like to to go with, like, what the movie's trying to do with, like, uh, Naomi Watts' character being like, wait, hang on, I'm not gonna do this. Like, the movie doesn't even think that. Mm. So, I don't know. I don't know also, what, what's up with that fella.
1: Here's something weird, like, it, it seems to me most kids, at least in my memory, most kids don't walk around being like, I'm a stupid fucking kid. <laughs> Like, most kids walk around and actually think they're smart, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought I was smart as a child. I hung out with other kids who thought they were smart. <laughs> like, it takes life where you realize, oh, I'm actually not that smart and I have growing to do. And I seem to do that, like, every five years. I realize how dumb I was five years ago. So I, I just assume that's just going to keep happening in life. <laughs> um, if I were to go back in time and tell my younger self anything... The point I would tell them was be like, hey, don't worry about not understanding some of the schoolwork. School is just there to kind of get you into the rhythm of like getting work done. You know, mm-hmm. it's trying to teach you that discipline. If teachers had just told me that, I would have been a lot a lot better student. <laughs> if they had just been like, hey, just finish it. That's the important thing is that you finish your homework every night, not that you get every question right. I would have been a much better student. And yeah. like that's all you're really looking for. Ah. And it's just uh, ah, I just, like my brain's just going in so many fucking directions with this movie. It's Henry sucks. <laughs> <laughs> in my original letterbox
0: review when this movie first came out in 2017, I Ooh. ended it with spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. P.S. Henry sucks, and I'm glad he's dead. And uh, I gotta be honest, I'm still glad he's dead. <laughs>
1: Because he would have grown up to be like an executive that's like dumping fucking toxic waste into the fucking water and shit. like
0: Yeah. <laughs> and he would have explained like how it's good for like exponential profit growth, even though mm-hmm. it's bringing about the end of civilization.
1: Although, another thing that's like unremarked upon in this is like there's the whole thing where there's like there's nothing wrong with the old car, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, oh, it's just the movie kind of being like, don't be complacent about shit. Uh, there's the scene where we see the woman getting beat up in the grocery store by her boyfriend Um, and the mom like turns a blind eye and there's like a whole conversation about like I didn't want to get involved in it to get violent and is like violence isn't the worst thing (laughs) she's like okay buddy (laughs) Um.
0: (laughs) that that could go somewhere don't uh, make sure you talk to the kid about that (laughs)
1: And I understand, like, apathy is also, like, yes, I I would agree. Like, apathy is a big problem. I think there's, Mm -hmm. like, there can be a lot of apathy in the world. But I'll be honest, like, I've been in places where, like, suddenly shit was going down, you know? (laughs) Like, where, like, there was an argument that between a couple that, like, fucking escalated to the point where it got physical. You know what happened in every one of those instances I've witnessed? Fuck, people got involved. Like, either workers or people just passing by, like... And I'm not saying, like, got involved and, like, beat the shit out of someone, but, like, separated the two, you know? And, like, got in between it. Like, maybe I just happened to always be in a place where the best people in the world were at. (laughs) But it seems to me people get involved a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at, like, um even now but like especially at the beginning of like the the coronavirus pandemic i think people thought like oh society's gonna collapse like immediately and like not only did it not collapse like a lot of stuff has gotten worse but like look at how like people showed up for each other how often did you see like hey like uh public like even like on social media like public notifications like hey if anyone needs like x y or z like i have extra i can't help everyone but i can i can share like toilet paper or whatever right like Mm -hmm. and they didn't make big headlines but you i saw it like everywhere yeah and i don't know i I, 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 it's easy to get cynical about a lot of stuff but i i think fundamentally like there's enough good in the world to like Mm. to be positive about stuff and i think that's also why like i I find this movie like just straight up gross is that it's so cynical that henry's smarter than everyone and he's still guiding the narrative that he's never truly wrong and the stuff he's not wrong about is, is like... I, I think I fundamentally disagree with that, like, he could be smarter than, like, uh, doctors in particular. Which is, like, really the, the thing that gets under my skin about this movie. I don't know. Fuck this movie. <laughs> fuck this movie.
1: Fuck movies. No, no, no. Just fuck uh, this one. This is why, like... We don't make original movies, because you get the fucking Book of Henry these days. (laughs) No, you don't get original
0: movies because the new Spider-Man made a hundred bajillion dollars.
1: Yeah, but also because the other option was fucking Book of Henry. Like, a non-genre film, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, horror films still do pretty well. And teen dramas. Yeah,
0: horror films are, like, making more money than God right now. Yeah. Um...
1: Also, Licorice Pizza, the,
0: people seem to vibe. like. I have not seen it yet.
1: No discourse about Licorice Pizza. No,
0: no. Everyone you, you imagine how badly, loves that film.
1: Imagine how badly, though, Colin Trevorrow would drop the ball. <laughs> Ooh, we're, the not even, we're not even...
0: We're not going to pick at that scab. Um, Another original movie, uh, Nightmare Alley, which dropped on HBO at the time of this recording. Oh, I
1: should finally fucking watch I it. I know.
0: I'm going to also watch it today. I'm very excited.
1: Yeah. Um... Everyone's been dunking on it. well, because Guillermo del Toro won
0: an Oscar, and there you go, there's someone who can do, like, original stuff, and it's fucking, like, at the very least, even if you don't love it, it's always, like, clearly from a place of pure passion and, like, integrity.
1: He does original stuff, and people are like, get (laughs) out (laughs) of (laughs) here!
0: Or, you know what, I I just saw Deja Vu again. That's, like, a masterpiece.
1: You saw Deja Vu again? (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Stupid. Sorry I had to <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyways, go, go watch Tony Scott films. It's deja
1: vu all over again. No <laughs> Um The most watched original movie this year, um according to Letterboxd is I mean last year I guess uh, is Don't Look Up.
0: That's because everyone wanted to dunk on it.
1: There's some, I will say, but there's also something about the power of Leonardo DiCaprio to get, like, adults to watch movies.
0: Oh, yeah, he, well, he's, like, one of the, the last movie stars, I would argue. Yeah,
1: but, like, like people I know watch that movie independently.
0: Because he was in it? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting.
1: And, that's good, that's uh, good to know. And mm-hmm. then, uh, they were like, yeah, it was, that was interesting. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's kind of about global warming. And they were all like, what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> Someone who gave Don't Look Up a rave three stars on Letterboxd. <laughs> um, it's, that, it's a little revealing <laughs> that a movie that might as well have been called This is a Metaphor for Global Warming uh, people didn't seem to pick up on that. <laughs> That's probably a future failed awards contender.
0: It might be, yeah. Um one
1: with Vice.
0: Oh, and, of course, everyone's favorite film, which I still have not seen.
1: Yeah. Uh, that one I will defend, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, okay.
0: Well, but for now, Matt, I, I think I think now we are officially Book of Henry Doubt. Uh, so yes. where can the people find you and your continued <laughs> rants against Colin
1: Trevorrow? Um, hopefully I won't be talking about him too much, because I, I, I have no plans on seeing uh, Jurassic World Domino. Oh, oh my cat's oh, upset oh. about that. I heard a cat! Yeah, she's <laughs> upset about that. Oh, a good cat. Yeah.
0: No, um, she's very itchy. She's got a bad flea problem. I gotta give her oh, a bath. Oh, fleas? Yeah.
1: Aww. Oh poor girl you better be careful you're gonna get those fucking fleas
0: yeah yeah it's, it's always during winter if uh, if she's by like a window and there's like other neighborhood cats by she, they always get the fleas on her so oh. she's she's not happy about that but um oh, yeah where can the people um, find you
1: um uh, gonna say what we're doing next
0: oh shit um well do do we have a like uh, do we like officially know because the next one we have like lined up was tough guys can't dance Hi, Diego Editor here. So, it turns out we will actually be doing Tough Guys Don't Dance uh, as the follow-up to this episode. That is the recording of Book of Henry. We did King of Heaven before this because uh, this episode was kind of mean. And I wanted to lighten the mood a little bit. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned next week uh, for Tough Guys Don't Dance, which is... It's a lot. Enjoy.
1: Oh, yeah, we don't know if we're going to get that in time, though. (laughs) Um...
0: Well, then here, why don't we just go to Kingdom of Heaven?
1: All right, yeah, let's do a good movie next. Yeah,
0: uh, Ridley Scott's Kingdom of Heaven. It was funny. Setting this up, you were like, we need we need to do more bad movies. And then we open up with these two bangers. Yeah, we
1: front-loaded, and it felt like, if, if I looked at the list, like, the last bunch were all, like, movies I liked. And I was like, we need to mix this shit up a little bit. So we're also doing Tough Guys Don't Dance at some point. <laughs> Which,
0: hey, maybe I love. Maybe I'm like, no, 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 there's something here.
1: It could totally... I could totally see someone enjoying it on, like, a counselor level.
0: Okay. Well, the counselor is a masterpiece.
1: Yeah, like, well, we, we both are like the counselor, like, correct? But we also yeah. understand why the general public doesn't like the counselor. Yeah.
0: I mean, I've explained it to someone, like, no, no, it's like a movie that's, like, begging you not to like it. And, you're li-, and yeah. then I get the reaction, like, so why do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> you know?
1: I mean, it's kind of tough, guys, don't dance.
0: Okay, well, but just... but next up, Kingdom of Heaven. Really, Scott's Kingdom of, Kingdom, Heaven. Kingdom
1: of Heaven. Yeah, we're not doing The Counselor. Yeah, which
0: we will be discussing the director's cut. Um, I would not tell people to watch the theatrical cut. I will be talking about the differences, though.
1: Yeah, I, I think actually, you know, I've only seen the director's, I mean, the theatrical cut once. And it was one of the things where, like, I watched it, like, the year after it came out and was like, I didn't like that. And then I watched the director's cut later and then that changed my mind. So yeah, check out the director's cut. If you have it on DVD, it's on two discs so you can take a break in the middle of it. Yeah, so... that's they should bring intermissions back, man. Yeah. Con-
0: consider this an intermission for next time then. And until then, you could find me at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press. The another
1: thing on... about fucking Boca Henry No, it's <laughs> just that it's bad.
0: Twitter, YouTube... And... Instagram, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon. What the
1: fuck does Spielberg see in Trevorrow? That's, like, the thing I'm just most baffled on at this point. At least J.J. Abrams is semi competent.
0: Yeah, J.J. Abrams is just making the wrong movies. He needs to do, like, yeah. fucking one-offs. He, he, he's a gun for hire. He's, yeah. like, Brad Bird. No, Brad Bird's a better director than him, but, like, J.J. Abrams... Excuse me, J.J. Abrams should be doing, like, Underwater... You know, mm. like that movie, a movie I like, but like, you know, genre stuff that's like an hour and a well, half. You're in, you're out, you're done. He does not need to be guiding way, franchises. He
1: should be, yeah, he should be in like a Tony po- Tony Scott like pocket, like yeah, of just like gets a really good script, make sure that script works, just shoots the shit out of it, and then releases it. You know, mm, exactly. Like, I'm not saying. I'm not saying his movie should look like a Tony Scott film, just that, like, he should refine his style. <laughs>
0: Although and I then... do think, I, I think you're completely right on the money. Because Dan Mandel did, like, really get his career kick-started by working with Tony Scott.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And J.J. Abrams kind of poached him from Tony. So. Yeah.
1: hey, but there might be need... something there. But, again, like, what the fuck was Spielberg smoking? I don't know. Answer down in the comments below. Give us fucking answers for the love of Christ.
0: Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks what for watching. We have here. been professionally unprofessional. Fuck movies. No. I'm- it can't be left undone. No matter what, don't. I'm panic. not panicking.
1: We have to make it better. Um- to this door.